Hello, Syngap land. My name is Michael Gralia, and this is episode 124 of Syngap 10. Today is Wednesday, December 6, and it has been a long time since I've done an episode, roughly three weeks. In fact, I think exactly three weeks. And that's pretty amazing given how much has happened, but I unfortunately have been traveling around and supporting my wife and family in this time, and I just haven't had a chance to sit in front of a microphone with no one screaming at me or children running or things happening. So here I am. I'm just going to give you the big five, and then if I've got any energy or time left, I will pontificate. Big thing number one is the thing you haven't even heard of yet. We have an ICD-11 code. We're going to do a blog on this to explain it better, but it's a huge accomplishment. So we established an ICD-10 code for the U.S. because the U.S. is on ICD-10. Every country is on a different ICD system, and every system is different. Um, ICD-11 is currently at the WHO level, and one by one, countries will adopt it. So we worked like crazy and very hard to get an ICD-10 code, F78.A1, in the U.S. What we have done is we have established an ICD-11 code, LD90.Y, at the WHO. And when the U.S. goes to ICD-11, they will take those codes and absorb them. And as other countries go to ICD-11, they will take those codes. So ICD-11 is a global code. This isn't going to change anything tomorrow. It's not even going to go into effect until 2024, and I don't expect to see it in use in countries until 2025. But that's how these things about global health work. They're slow and steady, but once you get yourself in the system, it's a win. So huge congratulations to Hans Schlecht for driving that work on behalf of SRF. This is a SRF led the charge and did 99% of the work on getting an ICD-10, and we are have done exactly the same, except I would say 100% of the work on ICD-11. So congrats, Hans, and everybody out there in every country. Good news, you're going to have an ICD code when your country goes ICD-11. The other thing I want to talk about, and this came out right before AAS about a week ago, Dr. Danielle Andrade and team published a paper in neurology about adult Syngapians. And guess what? This is the first paper about adult Syngapians. Why is that exciting? Because every single one of our kids will grow up, kid with a Syngap will grow up into an adult with Syngap. And there's precious little understood about them. And the more Dr. Andrade studies that, the better. Moreover, we have already funded a grant to Dr. Andrade to do a bigger study. This is There's no press release on this because I just haven't had time to write press releases. Um, and it's hard to write press releases because you got to get quotes from people and you got to read them. And it's, it's a whole process. And, and so anyway, um, punchline, if you have a child 17, not 18, 17, because it's a two-year study, so they'll be 18 by the end of it, 17 or older, who is not involved in the Andrade study, either in the US or Europe, and all they have to do is speak English, and maybe other languages, I don't know, but definitely English, um, Please reach out to us. Let us connect you to Dr. Andrade. She's a class act. She's a specialist in adults with neurodevelopmental diseases. This paper in neurology is great. Go to the, go to the links. Go to the tweet. Click on the paper. Read it. It's a huge accomplishment for the Syngap community. All of our kids will be adults, and they need to be understood, and the doctors who will be treating them are going to look to the literature. And until last week, there was nothing in the literature, and now there is. Thank you, Dr. Donna Andrade. Thank you to the board of SRF for funding that important ongoing work. AAS is, is the meeting that just happened for um, the neurology community, the American Epilepsy Society. A lot of neurologists were there. Rare disease was much talked about. Syngap 1 was much talked about. There were multiple posters with Syngap 1 data. One of them, I share a picture from Jillian McKee at CHOP that used 
uh, CHOP data, citizen data, and AMBIT claims data. That is a massive accomplishment. So thank you to every single person in the US who signed up for citizen. Your data was, was used in that paper and that paper will become a publication probably in the next month. And then that's another thing that'll be in the literature that people taking care of our kids will look up and they will understand, oh, this parent's not exaggerating. Here is evidence. Here are charts that show these kids have severe artistic behaviors, severe behavioral challenges. Here are the drugs that they take. Here's how most Syngapians meet milestones. This is what a Syngapian looks like, feels like. This paper is a huge deal. Thank you to Jillian McKee and the team at CHOP for writing this. We're very excited. Of course, before AAS, and we did this on purpose, we had our science meeting and family day. And we, we, we physically follow AAS around. And we, we do it right before. Why? Well, it started with the roundtable idea where if, if a neurologist is coming to AES, we said, well, look, let's just have a little meeting the day before. We, we're totally copying Gervais here. Let's have a little meeting the day before and you come and learn a little bit about Syngap. That was the vision. Uh, and that morphed into, okay, if we're going to have a, a science day, let's just have a family day the next day. That's what we did last year. That's what we did this year. That's what we're going to do next year. Um, and so it was a huge, it was a huge accomplishment. I, I, I got to say, I, I'm thrilled. And the, and the science day we started with, Dr. Sheffer and um, Dr. Zemplani sharing some cool stuff. Dr. Wilsey got up and talked about ciliopathies and some work she'd done in frogs. And she said, if what I have found in frogs is true, then I would expect to see this in humans via a breath test. Just sticking a little I don't know, tube on your nose and breathing for 30 seconds. She said, that can give me a reading that would validate what I found. So she said, could I please have every Syngapian and every parent come outside and do that test tomorrow? And guess what? 55 of you did that. Huge accomplishment. And uh, we'll wait and see where that data comes. But that was that was just the morning of the science day. Then we went into repurposing and we heard from Clement Chow, who's done the fly work. And we heard from Rarebase, who's done a lot of work in human neurons. And um, we also heard from Zach Grinspan, who's going to start doing some 4-phenylbutyrate work. Very exciting. Repurposing is a stone we have to turn over for our community, right? If there is a drug out there that might help our kids that is 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 safe and freely available right now, we got to try it, right? Repurposing is fraught with with challenges and complications, which I'll talk about more, but, but we cannot ignore this opportunity to help our children. That's the punchline. We have to look at every possible way to help our kids. And that's what the repurposing talk was about. We went on to hear from people talking about VUS. VUS is related to missense. I've talked about this a lot, but we have multiple people working on this. The Carville Lab from Northwestern, the Courtney Lab from um, Turku in Finland, also uh, the Postilla Lab. So we have a lot of good people. If you're a missense mutation, we're not ignoring you. We're not forgetting you. We are working to help understand these mutations, get more patients diagnosed, and understand what each of these missense mutations mean. In summary, Every mutation, broadly speaking, is a protein truncating, nonsense, frame shift, intronic, etc., or missense. Every protein truncating mutation is assumed to behave the same way, unless they're in the first four exons, footnote. But every protein truncating mutation is assumed to behave the same way. It becomes a null, so you have a good copy and bad copy. Every missense mutation is its own story. Headache, right? And we got we to gotta figure out how to, how to quantify and score those missense mutations so that people can get diagnosed and so that we can understand what therapies make sense for missense patients. This is a huge deal. We spent a little bit of time on it in the meeting. We're very excited about that, very proud of it. In the afternoon, we did a lot of clinical work. We heard from the people at Boston Children's, the people at CHOP. We heard about a DCM from um, Cornell. 
Mental note, I'm saying this out loud. Someone remind me, we need to have the Cornell one be a webinar. Actually, all of this is going to be recorded. We don't have to do a webinar. All of this has been recorded. It's going to be on our website. Honestly, you should watch every single session. But in that afternoon, next to the Giants from, from CHOP and Boston Children's Hospital, we had a medical student from Cornell talk about a, 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 a basic DCM she did, um, talking to patients, trying to figure out what was important to us. Really cool work, and and that was that was exciting. So that was the clinical, and then in the afternoon we went on to endpoints and bi uh, and biomarkers, and and we talked about EEG biomarkers, and we heard some great stuff from Edinburgh and BCH, and then we also heard about um, validated scale, so the eye tracking study from Tom Frazier, and and some work being done with the Orca. I've talked about the Orca before, but Tom Frazier is enrolling right now. Every I want every single Singat family, without exception, to sign up for this. It is an at home trial. You basically have your kid watch a video on a laptop at, 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 at every three months for about two years. Maybe it's one year, three, five or six times. They're going to watch a video on a laptop and, and the laptop will watch their eyes and we will see how Syngap patients' eyes respond to these images on the screen. Why is that a big deal? Well, it's an objective as opposed to subjective, right? Subjective is, hey, mom, did your kid look better? You're like, I don't know, right? Who knows? That's not good data. Objective the camera is looking at the eyes of the, of, the, of the patient. Different things are coming up on screen and we're able to say, okay, Syngap patients behave like this. Normal people behave like this. This is the difference. Okay, how can we make the difference smaller, et cetera. So very exciting. So at the end of this uh, summary, at the end of this meeting, we told people, if you have an adult patient, you have to sign up for the Andrade study. And if you have any patient with Syngap 1, we need you to sign up for the Fraser study. Both of those are live right now. I will put the links in the show notes to who you need to email. Please make sure you reach out. We have, by filling these studies, we send this clear message to industry and, and the academy that the Syngap community is, is ready. We want to work. We want to partner. We want to drive research forward. That's why we're here. And, and, and you do that today by signing up for trials. So very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. We also had, I should mention, um, the um, speakers from Stoke, Praxis, and um, Tevard talk about three different genetic therapies they're working on. Stoke and Praxis are doing ASOs to make the good copy work harder, make both copies work harder, but the null copy working harder doesn't mean anything because it's null copy. So the good copy working harder will give us 2x. And also tRNA therapy from Tevard, which is an RNA therapy that will go in and correct the majority, the vast majority of nonsense mutations. So if you have a nonsense mutation, you probably have an RX or a QX. And... Um, these tRNAs can fix those. Pretty, pretty amazing. So that was the science day. At the end of the science day was like, whoa, we had this great reception. We partnered with SLC681 and Combined Brain. I think Fox G1. Was it Fox G1? Pretty sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We, we sponsored, we, we, we partnered and we sponsored a big reception on Thursday night. And I really wanted to go to that. But I couldn't go to that. Why? Because I went to the Dravet Roundtable. So the Dravet Roundtable is, is what I've been going to for, for five years now. Always learning from them. Always watching them. That organization gave away two and a half million dollars last year, and it was—it's always important to see what they're thinking about because we share a lot of scientists and labs. So that was that was that was Thursday. Got up on Friday and we did Family Day. Family Day—I'm not going to take you through the whole agenda. It was—it was bonkers, but it was really wonderful. We heard from our—we heard from our—we um, heard from Mike Trans. Maybe I will. We heard from Mike Transfalia, who um, has led Fragile X and was really promoting uh, repurposing. We heard from. Uh, all of our partners on registries. So, you know, Citizen for the retrospective, RareX for the prospective, Simon's been around forever. 
We talked to, um, we had different family members share different aspects of Syngap, really powerful session. We had age-based breakouts where people were able to talk to other parents with kids their same age. That was an incredible session. We had LME come and talk about ABA. We had the global leaders read out. It was just a, it was just a day of recognizing the might of this community. And it was, it was fabulous. It was fabulous. I'm so happy this meeting happened. I'm so grateful to everybody who did the work. Ashley Fry, Ed Gabler, Callie Worth, Lauren Perry, Lauren Perry, Lauren Perry. So many people have done so much and I'm not mentioning God knows how many people, but it's incredible. And you should mark your calendars right now for, um, for LA in December. It's gonna, we're gonna do it all again, guys. We gotta keep coming together. We gotta keep welcoming new families. We gotta keep making sure that this community is activated and ready to partner with industry. So long time, no pod, but I'm back and I'm, I'm less exhausted than I have been for the past couple of days. And I'm really excited to see what 2024 holds. So talk soon, more to come.